sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Dane and Kevin looking back at the holiday weekend and week 12 of the NFL. Kev, we have now entered the portion of the show where we look at a bunch of AFC teams that are not named the Chiefs or the Steelers, <laughs> and we talk about to what extent we trust them, right? The, yeah. the glorious tier, not one teams. Let's just put it yep, that way. Reasonable sure. people can disagree, and let's start with the Buffalo Bills, who look like like they may be a division winner in the AFC East. The Chargers come to their house, and the Bills get the job done, 27-17. I will ask you about this, though. You know, as we've gone into this season, Kev, I have been consistent. I look for things that we can trust. I am trying to understand these teams and ultimately their flaws because that's what's going to prevent them from getting to the promised land. And so to yeah. me, Kev, the Buffalo Bills – win this game against a team that's been dynamic, had offensive pieces, Herbert does his thing, Eckler returns, I get all that. Josh Allen throws a pick. Josh Allen has a fumble. They still win this game by 10, Kev, but this is a three-win team on the other side. You know what I'm saying? If this is the Browns on the other side, the Titans on the other side, a team they may play in January on the other side, I don't think they can get by with Josh Allen turning the ball over like this. Am I crazy? No, not at all. Uh, Buffalo is going to be the target team when we get to the postseason, right? We know this. They're going to be, oh, in an ideal world, the team that people like, oh, they see Buffalo, they'll get through Buffalo, and then they have a shot. Now, the way Josh Allen played in this football game is not good enough. They scored 27 points for sure. I think there's something to be said about Cody Ford be going down and Joey Bosa just having a the okay. day that he had. And look, there was no Melvin Ingram. Like you would think that they would have been able to double Joey a, a bit more, but listen, he's also Joey Bosa is one of the best defensive linemen in all the football. His sack on Matt Barkley was one of the funniest plays of the day. They just didn't block him. Like if they, if it comes out that they hate Matt Barkley, I'm buying it. Hmm. They just didn't block Joey Bosa on the play. But if we were going to go positive here, Dane, for Buffalo, yeah, best defensive performance that they've had in a while that's against an offense, that's looked awesome. Now, the thing is... And the, the first time I've seen Singletary be as productive in a while also. Singletary, yeah, like 11-82, sure. actually, like yeah. we were talking about Zach Moss, but, you know, that run game can help a guy like Josh Allen in the playoffs. For sure. I, I will say this, though. The Chargers, like... We're coming out of the game, and it's like Anthony Lynn is like it's the the coaching. He can't get the clock right. Like we talked about this, or Anthony Lynn. If he, I I I would be equally surprised to see Lynn back as Adam Gase. I will put I will put it like really that. equally. Like, yeah. Well, because he, because Gase should have been fired like weeks ago. So at this point, like the guy might just have tenure to where like he might hang around. The Lynn stuff is so bad, but give Buffalo credit. To be fair, though, like the Chargers were on the one yard line when the game ended. And if this is a 27 to 24 win, are we really pumping their tires? It's a result for Buffalo. It's what we talk about. Not an impressive one, but it's a result. They're cranking it out. But I would have thought they'd have been a lot sharper off of a bye week. 
I would have expected a lot better from them. Yeah, me too, right? So this thing is, do we trust these teams as we welcome in our radio audience? Big shout out to all the affiliates for getting up on the grid very early with Dane and Kevin, as always. Spitting Statistician and the Candle Burner. I submit for your consideration in the AFC wildcard race, the Las Vegas Raiders, Kev, who go to Atlanta and get boat raced 43 yeah. to 6. Just Kev, honestly, I got to tell you, when we're doing the Sunday morning show, right? I'm telling people, hey, guys, don't look now. Derek Carr's having a good season. Don't look now, guys. But Derek Carr is doing his thing offensively. Derek Carr is fifth in the NFL in passer rating. Derek Carr might be having a Pro Bowl season. And then Derek Carr defecates the match. Mattress, turning the ball over, ridiculous amounts, fumbling, throws the pick six. That was big for the the pick six was big to get a working margin in that game. This was the worst Derek Carr we've seen in a while, and a true contender can't have that happen. See, and and that's it. they lost by thirty seven points. Like they sure did. Then they, I don't want to. Did they have to beat Atlanta to make the playoffs? Maybe not. Right, they were going to probably trip up somewhere at Atlanta. The Falcons are pesky. Raheem Morris looks like he might actually be able to hold that job going into next season, to be fair. And as the season has gone on, like he was still the coach when they choked away the Lions game. They, they're going to need a good offensive coordinator. Hey, Jim Caldwell, I'm into it. Like, hey! but Raheem Morris has done enough. He probably holds that job. But for the Raiders, this is a demoralizing performance. Yeah, I will say this. I always have this one moment in my life for context on a, on my high school football team. We played the best team in the league, tight as can be. Part of us believes the ref screwed us on a sack that they called a fumble. It should have been a fumble. Should have been down. Is what it is, right? Okay. But we left that game not hungry. We left that game thinking we are right there. We can beat anybody. We roll into Joe Schmo the next week and put up one of the most embarrassing performances in our school's right. history. Shut out. We didn't cross midfield. That's what Vegas just did. They just played the Chiefs. Yep. Couldn't have played better. They bought their own sauce. That's concerning. They play the Jets next week. It needs to they be do. a route burial blowout. Get right spot. Anything other than hey. that they're in trouble. We shall see. I have more teams in the AFC for your consideration as a true playoff contender. We talked the Bills. We talked the Raiders. I got two more when we come back, and we'll discuss it right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane and Kevin chopping it up about week 12 of the NFL season. We're talking about AFC wildcard teams, and do you trust them, Kev? I submit another team for your consideration. This one, the Cleveland Browns, Kev. Mm -hmm. And listen, going into this season, you know the way I felt about this team. 
I thought yep. Kevin Stefanski was going to be an adult in the room. I think he deserves votes for coach of the year at this point. If you want to know the God's honest truth, this now is four games in a row where Baker has not thrown an interception. The Browns lost in wow. week one to the Ravens, Kev, right? And I said that they got boat raced because they weren't able to implement their style of play, what they want to do. They are better with the one-two run game punch, Chubb and Hunt, the only teammates to both run for over 500 or 600 yards so far this season. Chubb is now back, and what do you know? Chubb is running the ball like crazy, Baker rolling out on play action, becoming more efficient, mm -hmm. not turning the ball over, and these Cleveland Browns, I know it was only a two-point game, right? I know the Jags had an attempt to get a two-point conversion and make this look very different, but the mm -hmm. Browns have an identity, Kev, and when we're talking about Josh Allen making mistakes or Derek Carr making mistakes with Nick Chubb and his 144 yards in tow and Kareem Hunt in tow, Baker is doing what he needs to do. In my opinion, the Cleveland Browns are a playoff team, Kev. Yeah, I mean, look, they're eight and three. They and they have a game against the Jets and now the Giants, who probably won't have Daniel Jones for the game. They don't make sure. the playoffs. It would it would be as painful for them as the zero and sixteen Hugh Jackson season. I do want to make this point though, because you and I have slightly differed in terms of how they like to use kind of the run game and establish certain. We have. They. Yep. Like, if, if you look at the first drive, the first play from their offense, Baker got sacked, they lost six yards, the drive was over, it was a three and out. Their first touchdown drive, Baker, completion for 21. Baker, completion for 14. Baker, completion for 11. The ball's on the nine-yard line. Chubb runs it for four yards. Baker throws a touchdown pass. It was Baker, it's Baker, it's Baker. I think what this team likes to do, and again, it's a slight disagreement, they need Baker rolling from the go. Picking teams apart, getting established, getting comfortable, and then bury teams with Chubb and with Hunt and use the run game to slam the door. Mariana Rivera style. So that, to me, is the difference with the Browns. And that is why I think they are still a team to be slightly concerned about. Because they don't come out right away and punch you in the mouth with the ground game. To they need Baker. The same way we worry about, do I want to trust Josh Allen? The same question applies to Baker Mayfield. And I do think that's an important distinction when we talk about this Browns team. Because I think the conversation has moved, Dane, from are, will they make the playoffs to what will they do when the playoffs begin. All right, fair enough. We do see it differently in terms of how they want to play. And I would just defer to interviews with Kevin Stefanski where he tells you how they want to play. But we can see, continue to watch the Cleveland Browns throughout the season. Another team for your consideration, Kev, as an AFC contender, I submit to you. The Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins, who record-wise are there. They go into New York. They beat the Jets 20-3. to Ryan Fitzpatrick throws for two touchdowns. It sounds like, though, when Tua and his thumb is healthy, that they will go back to Tua. Devontae Parker with a big game in this one. Eight catches, 119 yards. They beat the lowly Jets, who stay winless. Let's talk about this again. You know, as we're talking about, say, the Bills and what they... 
who they are, right? There's who they're going to match up against, what their schedule says. But we're looking at this team, right? And what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Same thing with a team like the Vegas Raiders. Same thing with a team like the Cleveland Browns. Let's talk about these Miami Dolphins. Their defense continues to be above average. You don't think about it, right? Entered this game fourth in the NFL, giving up only 20 points a game. That will improve in this effort against the Jets. I don't know if it should be counted the same way the Saints defensive effort should not be counted (laughs) against the Denver Broncos. But talk to me holistically about what you see out of these Miami Dolphins, contender or pretender, Kev. I still believe that they're a pretender. They're beating up on bad teams. But at the end of the day, you you can get into the playoffs by doing that. Win when you're supposed to. But this is what is important for Miami. Next week, they host the Bengals. From what we understand about this Tua injury, I don't think he's back. That's what we understand, so let's just work off that basis, Dane. So they're going to play the Bengals at home. They're 11.5-point favorites. Look ahead. Maybe they don't cover that number. It's a big number. But they win. They win that game. They go to 8-4. and four. Now, two weeks from now, I think Tua would be healthy. They'd be 8-4 and four to close the season. Home versus the Chiefs, home versus the Patriots, at the Raiders, at the Bills. Ryan Fitzpatrick hasn't lost a game since they played Seattle in week four. Came back in, got Tua got benched, by the way. Again, Flores had an out. Tua wasn't healthy enough to play in this game and still made it clear that Tua got benched against Denver. Fitzpatrick right. comes in, beats the Jets, he beats the Bengals. Simply put, what do they do against the Kansas City Chiefs? Has Fitz taken the job back? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they will go to Tua when he's healthy. Whether that's the right decision or not, I think that's what they will do because they are now using the guise of the injury. I'll say this. When you talk about their schedule, you say the Dolphins in, I think you said three weeks, play the Vegas Raiders in what is a de facto elimination game, right? Like whoever loses that game, there you go. Whoever loses that game is going to be behind the eight ball and will have a head-to-head loss with the other for what could be a seven seed right very possibly so that is interesting right and and ironically we still have no idea how the ravens enter into this conversation right i mean think about it the afc south second place team are we comfortable and confident that they will be in the playoffs do you agree the second place team in the afc south colts or titans will qualify Mm -hmm. you have now said kev you think the browns will qualify for the playoffs you said that as well right so it sounds like we're down to one. It sounds like we're down to one spot in the AFC between, say, the Raiders, say, the Dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. And say, if you think the New England Patriots ride all the way out there and make it happen and get to the promised land. But that means even more that kind of Raiders Dolphins game could be a de facto, uh, you know, like first four out in Dayton, Ohio, the Tuesday of the NCAA tournament, you know, that game is profiling in that way. You do agree? Is that the way you see see it at this point? Yeah, it's it's hard right now to to view it any other way. I I mean, the Titans up to eight and three kind of got their mojo back. I'm not going to push that team out could the Colts fall apart I don't know they got a couple games they do have a couple tough games left on their schedule they are seven and four maybe we don't want to write them in stone they would be of the confidence ranking I guess the the low man a little bit 
Baltimore, I don't know what's going on with them. What a mess. I guess we're Vegas and Miami. Baltimore is the other you one, know? right? It's Vegas, yeah. Miami, and Baltimore. And then I'll, I'll put New England on the graphic. But as the fourth uh, team yeah. maybe competing for one spot that we think is right. still kind of up for grabs yeah. in the Ooh. AFC. Incredible. Talk to me about the Jets real quick. Uh, Talk to me about the Jets real quick. I got to tell you, Kev, I was on some like, hey, Darnold and the three wideouts have never been there together. This game was within reach for a while, but then Darnold throws a couple of picks. The Jets are now 0-11. I love Sam Darnold, right? But you talk about uh, making Raheem Morris the head coach in Atlanta. Maybe Adam Gaze can be an offensive coordinator in Atlanta, and Sam Darnold could be the new quarterback of the Falcons. We could trade them both to Atlanta in the offseason or trade them both to Detroit. In the offseason, what do you think is on the horizon for the Jets? Trevor Lawrence? I, I, I think you and all Jets fans who have been incredibly kind to Sam Darnold need to stop being kind to Sam Darnold. It's over. Stop wishing him well in Pittsburgh or Indianapolis or Atlanta. That's embarrassing. Joe Flacco, same weapons, wildly better. That's embarrassing. 197, two picks, three points. Same amount of points as Hinton. Jets have a lot of draft picks and a lot of money to spend next year. We'll see. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line. Big shout out to all of our affiliates for getting up on the grid with us early in the morning after a holiday weekend. So much to break down in the NFL, and that's why you do it here on the grid to get the edge with Dane and Kevin every morning. A couple more games to discuss, Kev. And, you know, I don't know how to frame this game, right? On one side, the Cincinnati Bengals were playing with their third-string quarterback. They didn't go to Ryan Finley. They went even Mm -hmm. lower to Brandon Allen. And on the other side, we have the first place team in the NFC East who now have an injury to their starting quarterback, right? Like the MRI on the hamstring of a quarterback on a four and seven team is big news for the NFC playoff picture. Kev, imagine that. Hmm. Yeah, it, it is big news. It like legitimately it's is not, though. Yeah. It's a legitimate yeah. factor for the NFC playoff picture. Yeah. The, the, the giants right now with the tiebreaker over Washington are holding over on Washington. to first place. The Giants' schedule past this Bengals game is incredibly difficult. To look at them now, let's just say Daniel Jones misses the next two weeks. Those would be games in Seattle and home versus the Cardinals. He would return for a game home versus the Browns and at the Ravens. Realistically, Daniel Jones or not, this team is basically not meant to have a prayer until Week 17 against Dallas. It's part of the reason why, when I slammed the table, they wouldn't win another game. Now, in the moment, again, I was just kind of blacking out angry. I realized that the Bengals was that, <laughs> past that, there wasn't a lot of opportunities up for grab for the Giants. It was, in every sense of the word, a must win. And they got the result. Unfortunately for them, at what price? Daniel Jones yeah. being absent puts them now with Colt McCoy. The only caveat, Dane, is as I rip through that schedule, and you're someone who I think a lot of times when I'll throw you four or five games, and even if the results look obvious, you'll be like, all right, but they maybe will get one. I think even 
you know, for you and maybe an eternal optimist kind of view. Line them up again. Line them up again. I'll tell you. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. At Seattle next week, then it's going to be home versus the Cardinals, home versus the Browns, at the Ravens. And then week 17, they play Dallas. Jones is back. Division can be all line. I think my one my, and a half. One and a half. Dallas, I give him a chance in. And the one I give him a chance in, ironically, is Arizona two weeks from now at home. We don't know about Kyler Murray. I don't know about this team going on the road, but I digress. Go ahead. And and, and look, ultimately, if Kyler didn't play, that would change things. I, I think Kyler probably has a big game against them. I'll say, though. Like the Giants might the be Giants. dogs with Colt McCoy, but it ain't going to be like a touchdown. You know what I mean? It might be. It depends how bad the Seattle game is. It depends how bad. You know what I'm saying? But but the thing the thing with the Giants is that the reason why I'm making this this point, the Jones injury is significant, while simultaneously, maybe it doesn't really matter because I don't because no one's picking win losses. Exactly, exactly the point. So, but then let's overlay this. How many more wins will it take to win that division, Kev? Right? Like, they've got the four, right? Washington's Mm -hmm. at four. We know the Giants have the tiebreaker. Philly, who I'll put at three and a half right now, have a chance to get to four and a half tonight. We'll talk about that. They are not favored to do so. We'll get into that one Mm -hmm. later on in the show, right? But, you know... What if I say they could beat Dallas? What if I say they can clip one off in an unexpected way against those teams, right? That would get them to six, Kev. How many do you think it's going to take? But let's let's so let's just make this point right now. Let for for a lot of people with the Philly schedule, people want to remove Philly, right? This is all hypothetically speaking, of course, right? And Dallas with that loss to Washington, maybe people want to remove Dallas. Now I know that that's not how it's going to work, but if we no just boil this down removed. to the I, I know that, but I'm doing this to make this one point here. If we boiled yeah. it down to the Giants versus Washington, the two teams that are at four wins, the Giants win one more game. Week 17 against Dallas, Washington needs two wins they, because they Correct. lost so the both tiebreaker. games to the Giants. So, the so just yes. the, I'll quickly give you the Washington schedule. At the Steelers, at the Niners, home versus Seattle, home versus the Panthers, at the Eagles. There's a couple of games there. Of course, the Eagles game, the home versus the Panthers. I get that, right? But also now the Niners look revitalized. Like, And you and I were kind of talking about this pre-show where this is going to come down to a Week 17 coin flip. Who wins Week 17? And then tiebreakers. So that's yeah. really what we're looking but at. But here's the other thing, too. The other thing that I want to put in there, you're right. The Giants have the sweep on Washington, right? I don't mm-hmm. know, Kev, if there is a three-way tie at 6-10, and 10, it's not about head-to-head anymore, right? Then it's a different kind of tiebreaker, you know? So there's mm-hmm. a lot of football to be played, a lot of losses for these NFC East teams to still yeah. weather, and we will figure it out. The Eagles, to be quite honest, the Eagles get the win tonight. That tie yeah. is very... Very, very important. Again, we have one other game to look back on here in Week 12. The Minnesota Vikings. Listen, if we're talking about the Bears one game out at five wins, if we're talking about the Niners being revitalized, Minnesota sneaks through 28-27. The Panthers' field goal as time expired is no good, and Minnesota 
is now, despite not having Adam Thielen, despite Dalvin Cook leaving this game for a stretch and being, you know, not his most effective, the Vikings are now five and six and maybe in the midst, like, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, Kyla Murray and the six-win Cardinals are in that last playoff spot. Kyla Murray looks a little compromised, right? So these five-win teams have to be in the mix. Kev, I also, I told you, something happened in this game that has never happened in NFL history. It was on the mm-hmm. Carolina Panthers side. Uh, rookie defender Jeremy Chin for the Panthers. Mm. Okay. Um, got a defensive touchdown on a pick, right? Then mm-hmm. on the next Vikings play from scrimmage, Jeremy Chin picked up a fumble and scored. He scored two <laughs> plays in a row on two plays from scrimmage as a defender. No individual defender has ever scored as a defender on two scrimmage plays back to back, but it was not enough. Are the Minnesota Vikings live to be discussed here in the NFC playoff race? It's tough for me. I'll lean towards no because a team that is supposed to be discussed in this race, doesn't lose that game to Dallas. You just don't lose that game. And it was pretty much miraculous that they won this game. They still let the pan. I know, like, everything I know... What team hasn't made an egg at some point in this season? Like, everybody does that. For sure. 100%. The Patriots did it against the Texans. It happens all the time throughout this league. But we're at a point in the season where those are unforgiving. Yeah, that's true. But they keep playing backup quarterback. We're going to get to a point, by the way, where we're going to look at the quarterbacks the Steelers have played, and somebody's going to freaking agree with me that that team is not as good as everyone says. But that's not today. But my my thing is, Minnesota, you're losing wiggle room. As much as that is the type of loss now where everybody's going to want to put Arizona as vulnerable, they are also, you know, a game away from being, like, in first place in the NFC West, right? So. It's a it's a it's a very very tight spot. Can Minnesota, you know, maybe get there? You, it's this is the point I made with the Niners. I think right now, if somebody were to catch that team, it would be through the benefit of a favorable schedule. Minnesota does host Jacksonville next week. You would expect them to win that game. The final four at Tampa, home versus the Bears, at the Saints, and at the Lions. Most people would call it two and two. Could they get an upset over the Bucs or the Saints? There's no way they're beating the Bucs off the bye. I refuse to believe that's even slightly possible. The Saints on Christmas, maybe, but the Saints hate them because they ruin the Saints' season. And then it's Bears and Lions. I don't know. The schedule, it maybe does set up for a possibility of it all, but I I just think we're going to look back on the Minnesota season that could have been more than the season that is. I agree with that, and specifically what could have been if they changed their fortunes in Seattle on a Sunday night. Speaking of the Seattle Seahawks, and you talk about the NFC West, the NFC West Uh, is very interesting, right? The Niners win to remind us they're still there, and they're at five wins. The Cardinals look like they show some warts. They're at six wins. The Rams Mm -hmm. are at seven wins, although they did not get through a game that a lot of people thought they were rolling through. They're at seven wins. And Then we have the Seahawks, Kev, who tonight can get to eight wins as they travel to Philly. They are laying six and a half 
points as road favorites. 48 and a half is the total in this one. I'm going to tell you something that I know you will not consider a big deal, but I consider a big deal. Chris Carson looking to make his return for the Seattle yeah. Seahawks to come to again help that running game. We'll see what it adds for Russ and his ability to cook in an efficient way. But then again, it may not matter if the Eagles keep on turning the ball over and allowing sacks uh, with Carson Wentz under center. We may not only see Carson Wentz under center tonight, Kev. Yeah, I mean, let's not bury the lead. It came out yesterday that the Philadelphia Eagles have been giving Jalen Hurts a significant increase in first-team reps. We expect to see Jalen Hurts significantly more tonight on the field, so much so that the FanDuel Sportsbook is not offering you a passing yards prop on Carson Wentz. Touchdown passes is there. Uh, An over-under on rushing yards is there for Wentz as well. But we simply don't know, Dane, how the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be splitting the snaps at the quarterback position, okay? You and I have, uh, at times, spun our heads over running back splits. Yeah, do you think it's going to yeah. be Clyde or Lev Bell? you think it's going to be Hunter Chubb, <laughs> right? I mean, the guy, like, sometimes they're like, man, who do you think's going to be the lead target man on the Steelers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we come into a game going, who do you think takes more snaps at quarterback, it becomes really difficult to handicap any of it. What's the game script where it's more hurts? What's the game script where it's more what? That's fair, Kev. In the college, we say all the time, if you got two quarterbacks, you've got none. So what do the Philadelphia Eagles have, Kev? I'll have you answer that question when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Anybody who watches the early line and likes to put the fun and functional sports content to start their day knows that my guy, the candle burner, is an Eagles fan, right? So the Eagles here, with with a win, go right back into first place, but are literally seeing what they've got in Jalen Hurts for a spark. Kev, I mean... Teams go to their rookie quarterbacks late in the season, right, to see what they've got, to understand what they have, but not when they're in contention to still win the division. How do you think this plays out, Wentz, vis-a-vis Hurts? You know the way I think that Wentz has been kind of compromised and is seeing ghosts and stuff. I don't know if you want to put a rookie behind that offensive line that's given up the Mm -hmm. most sacks in the NFL. Maybe there's a package. Maybe he could be more dynamic, but the Eagles Eagles still have a ton to play for. A lot of interesting factors and complications for the brain trust of Philly. How do you see this playing out? So for the Eagles, they enter this game without Lane Johnson, who said mm-hmm. his ankle collapsed on him. Yeah, he's done. Jeez. He's like, he's done Forget for this. Season. I'm out. Yeah. Jason Peters now is going to be moving into guard. It's an offensive line from week one that has been compromised. And you, you know, very appropriately had pointed out that that probably paid, you know, is playing a large factor in the Eagles' struggles. Spoke to the pro football doc last night. Said, Doc, talk to me. Eagles, 
What's the word? He goes, yep, trending down again, health-wise. So here we go again with this team. They are playing the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Dane, this team is coming off their Mm -hmm. best defensive performance of the season. A defensive performance that I know has you very excited about Carlos Dunlap and Jamal Adams and the playmakers who can possibly fix the woes. Because the one thing, if there's one thing you and I agree on, just have playmakers on defense. And that's good enough for me, right? That is good defense in 2020. Correct. So if that's what Seattle has in those two guys, then Seattle's going to be in a good position coming into this football game. I also have massive questions. You know, there's some conversations around Seattle that they want to get back to their old ways. I want to get back to just running the football more and more. And that was kind of the start of what we saw last That's not week. That's exactly and... what I'm saying. I'm saying have the no, no, no. threat of the run game. But go no, no, no. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that's what you're saying. No, no. I'm saying that's the conversation going around Seattle now. That it's not even like we missed Chris Carson. It's we just want to run the football more. Like Russell Wilson over two and a half touchdown passes is plus 162 at the FanDuel Sportsbook. This was, an, this was a minus 120 proposition for a lot of weeks on the season. And we talked about that Seattle-Arizona game. Was Seattle starting to go back to their old ways of wanting to run, run, and I don't know, maybe they they think that that's a way to limit the turnovers of Russ. Not that they need to establish the run, that they need the threat of the run. They just can't have him throwing the football all the time. Maybe. But the Eagles come into this game with two quarterbacks. That should be difficult to prepare for. That's why I was interested in P.J. Walker starting when he was coming into the mix for the Panthers. I'm like, they might be difficult to prepare for. Boy, would a slam dunked in over had the Lions not got shut out in that game. So the Eagles could be difficult to prepare for, except I've seen Jalen Hurts play a bunch this year. These random two-point play packages that always feel like they're an absolute mess. You know, so... Yeah. You walk into this game, Dane, listen, you don't want to be bland about it. I don't want to hit people with an I don't know, but we're talking about a situation that's really difficult to handicap. My leans, Seattle, and the over. That's what I lean. Now, I know the sharp, smart side of me is supposed to take the dog, the home dog, Scrappy. They're fighting. I get all that. Guys, I'm not going to bet this game. I can't bet this game. I'm already sick to my stomach thinking about this game. I'm going to try and fall asleep from now until in-game live starts. Okay? 12 hours. I'll wake up at 845, a little bit late for my check-in, and try and pretend that this game isn't happening. I have no choice, though. This game is happening. It's a very real thing. Hmm. I don't feel good about it. I don't get a good vibe from this Eagles team. And I don't know if Jalen Hurts is really the answer. You know how Tua came in, Dane? Sorry I'm rambling here. This mm-hmm. is my team, so you're allowing me, and I appreciate it. Remember how Tua sure. came in against the Rams, and you could see that that team loved Tua immediately? Like, they were into it. They yes. they, they were backing him. They were hugging yes. him. They, they were excited about it. I don't yes. know how this locker room reacts to split quarterback snaps. How can anyone react to That's split fair. quarterback snaps? Can someone That's win fair. this job in-game? What is the preferred outcome of this all outside of a win? The preferred outcome is that Carson Wentz plays well and everyone remembers that he is actually their quarterback. That's the preferred outcome. Right. That's what I guess so. I mean, I don't disagree with that. Any universe where the conversation is continuing about the quarterback is not good for Philly in the short term. That's not what they want. You want this to be an open and shut case the same way any team would want 
not want a quarterback controversy. It is your team, Kev, but let's talk about the Eagles because the, I mean, the, the Seahawks, because the Seahawks could, you know, be all the way up to the two seed here, right? In the, in the NFC. Huge. Talk to me. And, you know, when we were talking about Tampa, I, one of the things I said is that there's no clear thing going on here in the NFC. What is the, where do the Seahawks stack up to you with Dunlop and Adams, whatever you think about Russ's turnovers, the threat of the run game, the playmakers or not, mm-hmm. where are the Seahawks in the upper echelon tier one of the NFC question mark? Right. Like the one thing that you and I have uh, talked about, about the NFC is like, it might just be all tier one teams and then everybody else right. is going to miss the playoffs for Seattle though. The one thing that, has happened. Even as much as I, I would come on here and I would slam Russ for the turnovers and they were a huge problem, I still said I thought that they were going to win the division because okay. they like he was due to play some better football and the schedule was favorable. This And though, they could get their run game back. Hooray! Carson, because it's going to save the MVP candidate Russell Wilson. You know what? I'd give it to Derrick Henry then over Russell Wilson if he needs Chris Carson. That's, that's uh, just... God, Russell Wilson, what a player. Needs Chris Carson to be good, though. What a world we live in. Here's the thing, though. This is an overreaction. He needs balance. (laughs) This is is an overreaction game, quite simply. If Philly wins, not only are they going to go back to clear favorites in the NFC East, minus money, dangerous if they're healthy and they're right in the post, but Seattle goes to, oh, God. They just lost to the Eagles. The the, the. of Philadelphia? What? Like, I think people would give the Boston College Golden Eagles a better chance right now than the Philadelphia Eagles. So, this is such a big game. You go up, you take a game up on the rest of the division, two games up on Arizona. Yeah. Not a must win. The again, the schedule is, is, is favorable from here on out, and it's some division games, but this is such a big game for the Seahawks. Such a big game. I will say this, though. This is a spot. It's a prime time road game, west to east. The Eagles have three wins. They're all in prime time games. They're three and zero in prime time. I knew this was going to happen. Not I like knew Josh McCown I, didn't keep the Eagles close against uh, Seattle the last time uh, they saw each other. You're I warming to it, Kev. You're warming no, no, to it, aren't you? I knew this was going to happen. No matter what I told myself, I knew by segments, and I'd be in on Philly. I I can't stress like this isn't an act. Me rambling, me rubbing. I am so stressed out about this game because I want to give up, but I'm lying. No, I don't. I want to make the playoffs. I want to be good. I want to win the division. I want to become the first team to win the division back to back since 2004, 2003. I want it, and it was right there for them. It was right there a hundred different times, and they've messed it up. Every step of the way. But nobody will take this damn thing. Dallas embarrassed. Mike McCarthy could be out in a moment's notice. Daniel Jones is hurt. Who try- I can't believe people would ever trust Washington. Alex Smith can't even throw the football. He's so bad. He's so bad. It's right there for Philly Dane. Oh, I know. God, what a mess. I hope they win. I hear I you, man. So here's the thing. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. We'll debrief yeah. it all. We'll do the autopsy. We'll preview the final NFL game. We think that'll be in Week 12, which is Baltimore and Pittsburgh. As far as now, all systems are go. We will continue to talk about that. We'll reset the playoff picture and the draft order. We'll help you out in terms of the injuries, the fantasy lineups, yeah. everything you need. But, Kev, because I am a good co-host, 
close to you. I want to manage your mood, okay? So Thank watch, you, guys. Watch Kevin change because oh, what we yeah. also have to talk about is as we go to college football that happened over the weekend. A lot yeah, of stuff yeah, happened yeah. there. We'll spend a lot of the week breaking it down. I love how my graphics folks know where we are going to go because the it's number two Irish go to Carolina, take out the North Carolina Tar Heels. Ian Book looks like that dude. The Irish win 31-17. There is no falling by the wayside for Notre Dame in what was probably the toughest task left on their regular season schedule. No, it, it sure is. What what a group we got here on the early line, though. Right? They knew we were going Notre Dame. You knew how to get me right back where I needed to be. I'll tell you this. I had some people upset with me on, on the Twitterverse. Because I said that really? Notre Dame should be the number one team in the country. That they need to be getting their respect because of this result against UNC. Now, I will say this. I said that before Alabama's game. Alabama at one is more than fine. To win without Saban in a rivalry game by nearly 30 points, all of the credit in the world to the Crimson Tide. They're more than acceptable number one. But the second half of my point that they need their respect still stands. Because for everybody to tell me that Notre Dame has zero chance if they played Alabama, they'd lose by three touchdowns, it's just that really should not be the M.O. around this Irish team. UNC, dang, you knew all the storylines going into that game. Sam Howell and that offense is going to put up yeah. points, 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 yeah. points. Joe Lisi they told had, us he was the better quarterback in the game. Yeah. They scored three points after the first quarter, zero in the second half at home. That's as good of a win as any team has on the season. And guess what? When you list best wins on the year, Notre Dame's got two of the top ten, probably, with that win and, of course, the one against Clemson. That's a big deal. So, are the Irish number one? No. I am totally fine with Alabama. Again, I made the point before the Bama game. I knew what could happen with the Bama game, so I wanted to make my point before it happened. But I do believe that the, the Fighting Irish still deserve their respect. They are rightfully number two. And honestly, unless they get obliterated by Clemson, and I mean like 50-zip, they should be in the college football playoff as long as they handle Syracuse and Wake their final regular season games. Right. No, I hear you. We've been talking about that path to two teams from a conference in the SEC. I do believe I agree with you. Notre Dame, assuming they get through the rest of the regular season and are undefeated. And if they were to lose to Clemson, like how far would you actually drop them? That is a legitimate question. We have to drop two teams, though, that did, quote unquote, fall by the wayside. The Northwestern Wildcats are no longer undefeated. They get bounced out. And my Ducks of Oregon, they get bounced out. And with it could be the entire hopes of the Pac-12. These two teams fall by the wayside over the weekend as well, Kev. So, look, for you, though, you just have to jump with USC. That's no problem for you. You're just looking for a Pac-12 team to get in the mix. I'm happy for Joe Lisi. Oh, I still I know... got a path to my craziness. I've still right. got a path to craziness. You know what I'm, what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're good on that. But also, that Northwestern loss is good for your craziness. I don't know how we're about to mm-hmm. close this show up. But we very well, if we're going to mention something else in college football, I have an idea where we we're sure going. Are. That we sure loss are. for Northwestern. We all know who it is. We'll talk about it on the other side. We all know who it is. By a hair. They are hanging on. By a hair. That Ohio State Buckeyes team. By a hair. Yep. 
It's very, very interesting. Big Ten says you need to play six games to qualify for the conference championship. I think the college football playoff wants a team to play in their conference championship. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Right here to the early line. To tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode, Kev, we come full circle. We talked about how COVID was impacting the NFL. We talked about what are the rules, what are the policies, what are the governing bodies saying about it all, and what is motivating their decisions. Let's have the same conversation, Kev, with college football, right? And what is motivating people's decisions and how different entities are talking as it relates to the Ohio State Buckeyes. They did mm -hmm. not play Illinois this week that they were supposed to. They are 4-0 and and in the top three in the country, Kev. They have two games left on their schedule. The Big Ten has said that you need to have six games in tow to qualify for the Big Ten championship. Ohio State needs two more wins to get to that threshold. They have two more games on their calendar against Michigan State and Michigan. We mm -hmm. see the way over 50% of games impacting the top 12 are getting impacted by COVID. They've got to get through two more victories clean or else we're going to have my chaos theory and egg on everyone's face, Kev. How do you think this one's going to play out? So I want to make this point. In my opinion, I think what this show does very well is navigates how COVID can impact these sports. There's a lot of people who will push it aside, which does no good for anybody because it's a real thing that's really impacting stuff. Or there might be some folks who are solely caught up in directly what's in front of them. But you and I have mentioned this. The same way we talked about, hey, watch out for the playoffs. That's when that gets messy with the NFL, right? And people are going to start realizing that. When the COVID was hitting college football... We were like, listen, LSU, that's not the worry right now, okay? A back-end SEC game, it's Ohio State. That's the team to zone in on. The late start, Power 5, elite school that is supposed wiggle to win room. out and supposed to be there. The wiggle, we said, the wiggle room isn't there. Their max now regular season games is six. They don't qualify for the Big Ten Championship if they lose another game. What? Talk about chaos. Cincinnati might give me chaos. A 5-0 Buckeye team that's done. No one wants to deal with that. But we may be on that horizon. We'll be always here to break it down on the grid. The morning after is up next. Good to see you again, Jeff. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.